0: Welcome to Back from the Borderline, the podcast that helps anyone who identifies with the traits and symptoms of BPD overcome their biggest obstacle themselves. I'm your host, Molly, and I'm here to let you know that anyone, including you, can come back from the borderline. Today, we're going to be talking about something that many of us struggle with, but I think that we hesitate to open up about it to other people for a variety of reasons. So today we're going to be talking about dissociation and derealization. And I also think that a lack of understanding about exactly what dissociating is and the difference between dissociation and derealization means that there's a lot of misunderstanding. So by the end of this episode, you'll know the difference between the two. You'll understand and be validated that so many people go through this at varying degrees, and hopefully you'll feel a little less crazy and a little less alone. Dissociation during times of stress is one of the main symptoms that people who identify with BPD may report experiencing. And in what is known as borderline personality disorder, dissociation is linked to other symptoms such as emotion dysregulation and disrupted identity. And on the last few weeks of the podcast, we've been really talking about identity diffusion, a sense of self crisis that so many of us who identify with BPD experience. And if you are a long-term listener, and especially if you've listened to the last few episodes, you understand that it is my belief that our obsessive, focus on our sense of self and finding some kind of identity actually becomes pathological at some point. There is a point where we become so hyper-focused on ourself and on our inner world that it almost makes us like feel like we're losing our minds. So in preparing for this episode, I spent about three hours reading the experiences of other people who feel these dissociative symptoms that we're going to discuss of derealization and depersonalization. And what stood out to me was how common these feelings are. But so many of us are convinced that we're fucking crazy when we're experiencing them. And I truly believe that people feel afraid to talk about these feelings and experiences due to a fear of being seen as weird, crazy, or abnormal. And I'm here to tell you a secret. (laughs) You're not. You're not crazy. You're not abnormal. I found a statistic that might blow your mind in a good way. Up to 75% of the general population will experience derealization dissociation and feelings of depersonalization in their lives for me becoming aware of how common this experience is really helped me move through moments of dissociative derealization a lot faster and i was less likely to spin out and freak out over it because I could ground myself in the awareness that this was just part of the human condition. So before we even start diving into what these things are, I just want to begin with how normal it is and how common it is. Chronic derealization, which means experiencing these feelings for long extended periods of time, does happen But it's very rare. And if this is going on, moments of derealization, depersonalization, disassociation are happening for days on end, months on end, that's a little more worrisome, but also not something that is not treatable. This is something that we can work through in therapy. But what we're talking about today is what The majority of people who identify with BPD experience, which is periodic moments of stress-related dissociation, and it is very, very common, not only in people who identify with the traits and symptoms of BPD, in the population of human beings in the world, it is very, very common. Something I also learned in my research is that dissociation is actually the overarching category of the symptom and there are different types of dissociation. These two different subtypes are depersonalization and derealization. At its core, dissociation is defined as a break in how your mind handles information. So dissociation may make you feel disconnected from your thoughts, feelings, memories, and surroundings, and it can affect your sense of identity and your perception of time. There are different causes for dissociation, and there are also different levels of dissociation. Trauma is a main cause victims of trauma particularly what we call big t traumas and if you're familiar with this trauma-informed terminology big t traumas are things like sexual or physical assault combat torture or capture motor vehicle accidents natural disasters huge traumatic events and victims of big T trauma may experience the feeling of psychologically disconnecting from the present moment. And this is called peritraumatic dissociation. And experts believe that this is a technique that your mind uses to protect you from the full impact of this traumatic experience. And If you've had disturbing experiences happen to you over and over and over, you may get more severe forms of dissociation, which are often labeled as dissociative disorders. Hypnosis can also create a dissociative state. When you daydream or let your mind wander, you are in a type of auto-hypnotic state and you may no longer have a strong awareness of your body. And trained professionals may use therapeutic hypnotherapy to help people manage pain, anxiety, or PTSD, and they would take them into a dissociative state. Even certain drugs or alcohol can contribute to dissociation and may completely make us lose a sense of self or make us feel like we're out of reality. Even psychedelics like psilocybin mushrooms or LSD can contribute to losing this sense of self. And sometimes these experiences can be incredibly eye opening or therapeutic. What I think is often lost in the sauce of dissociation is that in my eyes, dissociation isn't always a bad thing as you can see here dissociation is sometimes an adaptive response we've been talking the last few weeks on the podcast about some of these behaviors that we label bad or crazy is just our body as human beings we are just wired to survive and keep ourselves safe and Dissociation is an adaptive strategy. Sometimes if someone is being sexually assaulted and they dissociate, that is an adaptive strategy that your body is using to keep you safe. I have experienced sexual assault myself, and I remember feeling like I was floating outside of my body. And that was an adaptive strategy that my body used So that I didn't have to experience the full brunt of that traumatic experience. Alternatively, I've also had safe experiences with psychedelic drugs, particularly psilocybin mushrooms. And taken in a safe environment where I had a trip sitter. And a trip sitter is someone who is not taking any kind of psychedelics and is there to watch you and you're in a safe place. And I experienced extreme dissociation where I completely lost sense of my sense of self and it helped me realize that I am so much more than my physical body. It helped me achieve a periodic instance of what is known spiritually as ego death. And we talked about in last week's episode how many eastern spiritual practices actually think that completely dissociating from your sense of self in a healthy way of course through meditation and different spiritual practices that the goal of spiritual enlightenment is to achieve ego death which is to realize that our sense of self is nothing more than illusion it's the different masks that we wear it's the way that our traumas have shaped us And at the end of the day, if we take a really hard look at who we are and our behaviors, we realize that much of them aren't even us. It's the way that our culture, our society around us has shaped us. And if you're still for long enough, you can actually remove that identification from it. And it can be a very liberating experience. So what I'm trying to shine a light on by sharing this with you, is that dissociation is not necessarily a bad thing. Nothing inherently is really good or bad, but what can be psychologically stressful and be experienced as very scary is when we're not aware when it's happening or when it happens because of trauma, when it becomes something chronic that we can't control and frightens us, But if we're aware of it, and we are trying to attain these states of no self through meditation or psychedelic experiences, for example, these states can be quite healing and liberating. Dissociation in itself is not necessarily good or bad. It becomes problematic when it impacts your ability to connect with yourself, with others, or live your daily life. So as I mentioned before, there are subtypes of dissociation. And while dissociation equates to feeling detached, one of the subtypes is depersonalization. And depersonalization is a feeling of being distant from yourself. It's like you are an outside observer of your body or acting like you are on autopilot The other subtype of dissociation is derealization, and that includes feeling removed from your environment, like you're living in a dream or a haze, or that there is some kind of imaginary force field separating you from other people. Derealization presents as an alteration in the perception of our external world. So derealization is where you're feeling like things are unreal, distant, distorted, or somehow fake. And someone experiencing derealization might feel like their environment is lacking in emotional coloring or depth. Derealization and depersonalization are often confused. It's understandable. So while derealization is an experience relating to how someone perceives the outside world, depersonalization is characterized by dissociation towards our own body and mental processes. So it's common for someone to experience both depersonalization and derealization at the same time or separately. It's important to remember, as I mentioned before, that dissociation, all types, are commonly known as a normal and healthy response to trauma, stress, boredom, or even overwhelm. It is simply our brain giving us a break. And the level of dissociation that we experience varies greatly. When you're experiencing something like derealization, it's like watching yourself, feeling like you're in the corner of a room, totally disconnected from your body or yourself. And most people can relate to the feeling of like zoning out, but people who experience more severe dissociation can have instances of memory loss, which is called dissociative amnesia, or feel like they have multiple traumatized senses of selves, which is also called dissociative identity disorder, which was previously called multiple personality disorder. And if someone with these types of disorders are experiencing ongoing trauma, then their sense of dissociation can become fixed and automatic, which means it's outside of their control. And these people can report that they've been stuck in a dissociative period for weeks, months, or even years at a time. But I want to reiterate that this is very, very uncommon. And it's more likely if you identify with symptoms of BPD, you're experiencing more stress-related infrequent periods of dissociation. I've spoken about this before, but this is why it's so important for anyone who identifies with BPD or anyone in general really to do what my favorite (laughs) therapist Bev told me to do, which was assess your vulnerabilities, which essentially just means always making sure you're being a good parent for yourself because it's likely If you're anything like me, when you are sleep deprived, hungry, dehydrated, maybe experiencing PMS or hormonal because you're near your period, you haven't had any sun exposure, healthy vitamin D, you haven't put your bare feet on the ground. You haven't had any kind of even just light to moderate exercise, like going on a walk I call my walks, my walks for my stupid mental health. (laughs) If you're not being a good parent to yourself and you're hungry, sleep deprived, maybe you are taking all sorts of medication, but also drinking and maybe doing recreational drugs. And this means that you are in a state where you're much more likely to experience things like dissociation. And then without any skills to be able to ground yourself back into the present moment, these periodic normal feelings of dissociation can spiral into a complete breakdown. And so it's so important that you are a good, loving, caring parent to yourself and constantly assessing your vulnerabilities, making sure that you're taking good care of yourself. When my mental health was at its lowest, I was treating myself like absolute shit. When I looked at the way that I was living my life and my daily habits and behaviors, it is no wonder why I was completely dissociated half the time. I was forgetting things. I was tuned out. I was barely functioning. I wasn't able to maintain intimate relationships or even jobs and It really is sometimes just as simple as assessing those vulnerabilities. And it's not just doing it one day. It's being consistent about it for an extended period of time. Let's talk about how it feels for different people to experience dissociative symptoms. I looked on Reddit for hours and hours and hours, as I mentioned And I picked out some different examples from different people about what it feels like when they experience dissociative symptoms. So I'm just going to read you some of these examples that I found. The first one reads, I would describe it as watching your body go on autopilot while being conscious in your own head. Like you don't really feel directly connected with your own body's actions. Another person writes, Speaking as someone who is experienced and still does experience dissociation, yes, you're still in control, but who you are is where it gets tricky. Although I feel like I can control what I do, it still doesn't feel as if I'm the one doing these things. I wonder if you can relate to this person's experience. I know I can. And I want to highlight that sometimes These moments, especially the way that this person describes it, sometimes these moments can be a powerful spiritual experience. It's very normal, and I would wager that more people should question, who am I? What am I doing? Who is doing these things? Am I on autopilot? Because that is drawing an attention to a very profound spiritual truth, which is there is no self. We all have these masks, we all have these uh, patterns of behavior, and it's really powerful to actually experience those moments instead of being panicked by it, realize, wow, I'm a human being having a human experience, and I'm so much more than my physical body, and I need to take time, take this moment to realize this greater sense of awareness, So another person writes, I always thought like it felt like I was trapped in a bubble and couldn't access the real world or like I was watching a movie. I could still feel my emotions, but they were hazy. People who were familiar to me, like friends and family, suddenly felt unreal and distant, like I was talking to robots. The next person writes, The best way to describe it is that the little bubble of self-thought that I live in pops and suddenly I realize that the world exists outside of my own frame of reference and suddenly nothing seems important. Another sidebar for me here is just I feel like sometimes moments of dissociation, the more I read about them, I'm realizing how if we allow them to be, they can be spiritually nourishing because these moments force us outside of this zoomed-in frame of reference. If we zoom out and actually appreciate we are quite insignificant in the frame of things, it's not a good thing to be hyper-focused on ourselves 100% of the time. It's actually a good and healthy thing to zoom out. But obviously it becomes pathological and maladaptive when we become stuck in these dissociative states. But these brief moments of a different awareness, if we ground ourselves in the present moment and observe them for what they are, we cannot see them as scary, but see them as something that's more illuminating. Another person writes, I would just constantly look in the mirror to feel like I was real. People confused it for vanity, but it truly wasn't. I couldn't make sense of my face. My features didn't match up to create an image of me, and I didn't really connect with that image. It's strange because I've always looked at myself the way one would look at a car accident. I've moved beyond feeling like that, and now I would say I'm normal. But the memory of it has always stuck with me. It's like watching yourself slowly become someone else that you don't recognize. I can relate to this person's experience so much because growing up, my sister would even make fun of me sometimes because if there was a mirror, I would always, any reflective surface, I would almost get like caught up. I couldn't look away so much so that if we were at a restaurant and there was a mirror, I would have to force myself to like sit facing away from it. Because I'd get so distracted by looking at myself. And it really sucks because I wasn't looking at myself like admiring my appearance. And that's absolutely what it looked like. So it was a bad vibe. Like people probably thought, Jesus, like so narcissistic. But I was really like tripping out over being like, who am I? And the longer you look at your face, it's like it doesn't belong to you anymore. It can become really scary. It's almost like when you say a word, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's like you say a word, and if you say it over and over and over and over again, it starts to like trip you out because it's like, what even is this word? I remember I did that once with like the word milk before, and I was like, milk, 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 milk. The more you repeat it, it starts to like freak you out because what does it even mean? What does this fucking word even mean? What do words mean? What are words? What is my face? What is this? What is the world? Ah! And if you like freak out, you can really let yourself spiral in that moment. So this person saying that they kind of looked at themselves, like they looked at a car crash, like you can't look away and you're just kind of like paralyzed by staring at it. How relatable is that? Another person writes, I'm aware of time passing in the sense that I look around and all I see are ticking time clocks instead of people. I'm aware of my positionality within my own life, the universe, and the history of humanity. I have this pervasive sense that my time is running out, but also that nothing matters because life is meaningless. I'm observing myself as an object within the sea of space and time, and it's consuming me. I have anxious jitters all the time because I can't believe I exist and I can't reckon with existence. Another incredibly relatable one. And this is what I'm trying to say. I feel like so much of what we deem as mental illness is just spiritual crisis. It is not growing up with any kind of spiritual teachers that help us understand the vastness of time and space and the universe. And so these moments, when those of us who identify with BPD traits are often very emotional people, very intuitive, intelligent, deep thinking individuals who are more often than not plopped into environments and with caregivers, who can't wrap their minds around that deep, profound intuitiveness and sensitivity. And so even those of us who grew up in environments that wouldn't be categorized as extremely traumatic or abusive, I include myself in that. I grew up in a home that absolutely there was some really scary emotional abuse and unpredictability in terms of my caregivers' moods. Definitely a lot of emotional neglect where I really needed to be seen and nourished emotionally and spiritually. I did not grow up experiencing physical or sexual abuse or big T traumas as such, but absolutely I had these feelings of what am I? I remember so clearly, and I talked about this experience on the podcast before, asking my caregivers, like, what happens when we die? Or what was I before I was born? I was so paralyzed with these big existential feelings and questions, and I received the response from caregivers and also just people around me in general, like, why are you thinking about that? That is so fucking weird that you're thinking that way. Just don't think about it. Do what other people do and don't think about it. And so I learned, ooh, something must be wrong with me that I'm having these big, scary feelings. I remember so clearly as a kid, closing my eyes to go to sleep and thinking about the foreverness of death or the foreverness and vastness of the universe that it paralyzed me with fear. But then when I would go to people around me and ask them if they felt the same way or ask for guidance, I was told, what the fuck is wrong with you? Not obviously in those terms, but pretty much was told, don't think about that. What's wrong with you? And so on top of feeling horrified and terrified by these existential feelings that this particular person who's writing was describing, it was only made worse by receiving the message from my environment that I was somehow weird for having these feelings. When in reality, I now know that I probably, when I was this young child, asking my parents, what happened before I was born? What is going to happen after we die? Aren't you freaked out by the vastness of the universe? That touched their fear. And they went, don't talk about that. And in their mind, they were probably freaked out. But what they didn't realize is that they made me feel crazy when I was young. I touched that fear in them and they responded instead of saying, I don't know. But I think about that too, and I'm. it really freaks me out too. I know how that feels, and I don't know what happens. That would have at least made me feel less crazy. But that's why I'm convinced that so many of us feel so alone in these feelings and so crazy, because we received responses like that when we were younger. People that grew up in very nourishing spiritual environments, and I've discussed many, many times on the podcast before, my partner Zaz is someone who was raised in an environment where his grandparents were academics who had spent time living in India and deeply were immersed in theology of Buddhism and Hinduism and the spirituality of the East. And he was able to ask these deep existential questions to the people around him. And these were topics that were openly discussed as he was growing up. And so he does not experience moments of dissociation as feeling crazy. He just experiences that as being normal. I remember a time when it was about two years ago, maybe it's actually three or four years ago now at the very beginning it was right when I kind of like started realizing I needed to like seriously work on my mental health. I was reading about the sense of self and no self and these dissociative experiences. And I remember just blurting out while I was laying in bed, reading about this, asking Zaz saying, do you have like an inner narrator in your mind? Like, do you talk to yourself in your mind? And, Do you see yourself from the outside? Like I was having these like panicky, like what the fuck is going on moments? And Zaz goes, yeah, of course that's normal. That's everyone experiences that. And I was like, whoa, that was the first time that someone had sort of validated that I wasn't crazy. So what I'm hoping that this podcast episode can do for so many of you is that same thing, the feeling of you're not crazy. You expressing these things, if you ever did, and being shot down, it's likely that you touched on someone's fear and they shot you down and made you feel like you were an insane person because they just didn't want to go there. Most people just don't want to dive deep beneath the surface. They just want to go about their daily lives doing basic shit and not talking about the fact that we are fucking spinning around on a rock in a universe, and no one really actually knows what the fuck is going on. That stuff is too scary and too big to think about. So another person writes, I notice it, which they're referring to it being dissociation. I notice it, especially if I'm in a very rare moment where things are extra happy and peaceful. It happened recently, and I realized I didn't feel like I was actually present. I wanted to feel completely present and soak up the moments but I had this sense of this moment is going to be over soon and then all I'll have is the memory. How can I trust that? How will I know for sure that it even happened or I'll be able to feel like it really happened? This is another one that I selected because of how relatable I felt it was. I just feel like If you're like me, we have these feelings a lot, and these are the kind of feelings that you just don't tell other people. It's so normal to have these moments where you zoom out periodically and say, wow, this moment is gone, and one day I'll be gone, and this person who is in front of me, who I love so much, will be gone too. I actually just had to like pause the podcast for a second because that will instantly make me cry, thinking about that. And I think about those things a lot. And so just getting lost down those rabbit holes in that moment, it stops you from being able to be present in the present moment. And so it's incredibly important that when we do have those experiences that are really normal, we A, stop and soothe ourselves and validate this as a normal experience, but try to ground ourselves in the present moment because all we can do is be there and be there now. But if you feel these feelings, it is so incredibly normal. Another person writes, it feels like observing your familiar surroundings, but feeling like a ghost or looking around in these familiar surroundings through the eyes of a stranger. I feel very uncomfortable in my own skin. It's as if I don't belong in it, and I don't know who I am or who I should be. Another one says, it's hard to put into words, but it's like a sudden realization that you exist inside a body, and everything and everyone around you is real. Kind of like watching a movie and really getting sucked into it, and then something happens and breaks your concentration on the movie, and you realize suddenly that you're in the real world and finally the last one that i have here says i also feel like i'm detached from my own body as well a few times a day i'll be sitting there and suddenly think holy shit i'm a person i'll be doing makeup in front of the mirror and it'll go through my head that the person in my reflection isn't me my body doesn't feel like my body my voice doesn't sound like my voice a lot of the time It feels like I could be in the matrix. Now, again, hardest fucking relate ever. I think every single person has felt like this before, but we feel like we're fucking crazy because no one wants to talk about it because they think that they're crazy. Except we are all feeling this way. This is what I'm saying. And this is why I want to make this episode because I want to shake all of us collectively and say, you're so normal for feeling this way. And let me just reiterate, I'm not a doctor. So if you are chronically feeling dissociated for days, weeks, and years at a time, so much so that you literally can't function as a human being, that's another story. That is not what we're talking about here in this episode but I wanna shine a light on these specific examples that I, I'm giving about feeling like this person describes it better than I could ever. The quote, holy shit, I'm a person, <laughs> is the perfect like, way of describing this like, quick zoom out. And I think this is a really good thing that happens. I ask you to, instead of being panicked when this stuff happens, I hope that this episode can help you ground yourself in the present moment, remind yourself that you are a human being going through a weird fucking human experience and that no one really knows what's going on here and you're not alone. So much of our suffering, shame, comes from feeling like we're the only person that feels that way. And I'm here to tell you That you're not crazy. And I looked for three fucking hours on Reddit and read through hundreds of descriptors just like this. I just picked out the ones that resonated with me personally. But so many people experience this. It's the norm. And I wasn't just on the BPD subreddit. These were all different types of subreddits of people that don't categorize themselves as mentally ill. They're just talking about these trippy-ass human experiences. There is no cure or quick fix for these occasional dissociative experiences. And I encourage you to not even seek that out. So many articles are going to do what I always say, which is the basic bitch ABC one, two, three approach, five signs that you're dissociating, five different treatments for dissociation. I urge you to look at it in a different way. Let's stop pathologizing the human experience. Let's stop labeling things as good or bad or normal or disordered. I can tell you what's helped me through these feelings as your big sister. As I mentioned, I am not a doctor, but I'm just someone who has felt this way and who still periodically feels this way and considers myself to be a healthy human being going through this life shit. When you feel like you're slipping into derealization or depersonalization try your best not to fixate or ruminate on it instead of spiraling into anxiety and panic do what we've talked about in previous episodes zoom out zoom out and get curious instead of being fearful be curious try your best in these moments To tell yourself something like, this is part of being human. I've had these feelings before, and they eventually pass, just like all feelings. Lots of people experience this, they just are too afraid to talk about it. That always helps me when I'm in those moments, if I start spiraling. If you have a more paranoid and panicky nature, calling myself out here because I absolutely do. Alternatively, Zaz, my partner, has the opposite of a paranoid and panicky nature. Zaz is like a human Xanax. I can't even really think of more than three or four times that I've seen him actually be panicked or paranoid seeming. So if you have someone who is leans on the more paranoid and panicked, activated end of the spectrum, like me, it might be best to avoid psychoactive substances. Weed triggered some of the scariest dissociative experiences that I've ever had in my entire life. I could tell you many, many stories about bad trips that I had on weed. Now that I've done a lot of self-reflection and healing work, I feel like I'm in a stable enough emotional space in my life that I've been able to experience weed and other psychedelics on occasion, but I still feel like I have to seriously limit my exposure to anything that Removes me further from the present moment. You have to really, really be aware of this, especially if you're early in your healing journey. It's probably a good idea to remove all psychoactive substances from your life for a while. Mindfulness and grounding techniques are by far some of the most powerful ways that I've found to quickly. Eliminate a dissociative panic spiral. I can't recommend Sam Harris's app waking up enough. It is a paid app, but he offers scholarships for the app. So if you write in an email, I don't know what the email is, but if you go and look up waking up app, Sam Harris's team provides the app free of charge with no questions asked for anyone who is experiencing financial hardship. No other meditation app that I'm aware of that's paid offers that. So look up Waking Up by Sam Harris. It really provides some of the most profound and beneficial mindfulness courses and meditations that I have ever experienced. So I can't recommend that app enough. What I hope that you've taken from this episode is that part of what makes dissociative experiences feel so scary is because we convince ourselves in the moment that we're somehow crazy or abnormal. And that is what causes us to ruminate, spin out, and that means that these completely normal and human experiences can tend to last a hell of a lot longer than just a few moments. It's the spinning out and ruminating that really causes these experiences to drag out longer than they should. And so you'll realize that I'm ending this episode by not telling you that you need to fix or cure these feelings because They're a part of being human and it's unlikely that you will fix or cure them. And sometimes they can be a helpful and brief glimpse into the reality that we are not these selves that we create and it helps us take a moment to zoom out and view the human experience from a more existential perspective that can be helpful. I'm going to end the episode by creating a short meditative experience that I'm hoping will be helpful for you. I'm going to play some peaceful music and I'm going to read some quotes that help ground me in the present moment And I'll fade out with that. And it's my hope that it will help you in moments when you are feeling like you are dissociating. If you're in a place to be able to close your eyes and take a deep breath and relax and listen to this, then great. If you are driving... That's okay too. Something that you can't really close your eyes. You can just try to ground yourself in a peaceful feeling. The first quotes that I'm going to read are from Thich Nhat Hanh from his book, You Are Here Discovering the Magic of the Present Moment. This body is not me, I'm not caught in this body. I am life without boundaries, I have never been born and I shall never die. Look at the ocean and the sky filled with stars, manifestations of my wondrous true mind. Since before time I have been free, birth and death are only doors through which we pass sacred thresholds on our journey birth and death are just a game of hide and seek so laugh with me hold my hand let us say goodbye say goodbye to meet again soon we meet today we'll meet again tomorrow we will meet at the source of every moment we meet each other in all forms of life If something negative comes to the surface, such as your despair, dissociative feelings, or anger, you need the energy of mindfulness to embrace it. Tell yourself, breathing in, I know that anger is there in me. Breathing out, I care for my anger. This is like a mother hearing her baby cry out. She's in the kitchen and she hears her baby crying. So she puts down whatever she has in her hands, goes into the baby's room and picks it up in her arms. You can do exactly the same thing for yourself. Embrace the pain or dissociative feelings that are coming to the surface. Breathing in, I know you're there, my dear anger, my dear despair. I am there with you. I will take care of you. Try your best to cultivate solidity. You are somebody. You are something. You are a positive factor for your family, for society, for the world. You have to recover yourself to be yourself. You have to become solid again. You can practice solidity in everyday life. Every step, every breath you take should help you become more solid. When you have solidity, freedom is there too. These quotes are from Eckhart Tolle the author of A New Earth. Realize deeply that the present moment is all you have. Make the now the primary focus of your life. Time isn't precious at all because it is an illusion. What you perceive as precious is not time but the one point that is out of time, the now, that is precious indeed. The more you're focused on time, past and future, the more you miss the now, the most present thing that is. All perceived negativity is caused by an accumulation of psychological time and denial of the present, unease, anxiety, tension, stress worry all are forms of fear are caused by too much future and not enough presence guilt regret resentment shame grievances sadness bitterness and all forms of non-forgiveness are caused by too much past and not enough presence Always say yes to the present moment. What could be more futile, more insane than to create inner resistance to what already is? What could be more insane than to oppose life itself, which is now and always now? Surrender to what is, say yes to life And see how life suddenly starts working for you, rather than against you. Accept, then act. Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it yourself. Work with it, not against it. And finally, these last quotes that I will be reading are by Alan Watts, who was a British philosopher, writer, and speaker, and his words have been so soothing for me in my recovery journey. Here are some of my favorite quotes that always help ground me in the present moment. We seldom realize, for example, that our most private thoughts and emotions are not actually our own, for we think in terms of languages and images which we did not invent, but which were given to us by our society. The art of living is neither careless drifting on the one hand, nor fearful clinging to the past on the other. The art of living consists in being sensitive to each moment in regarding it as utterly new and unique in having the mind open and wholly perceptive this is one of my all-time favorites it's from one of his lectures he says it's like you took a bottle of ink and you threw it at a wall smash and all the ink spread And in the middle, it's dense, isn't it? And as it gets out on the edge, the little droplets of ink get finer and finer and make more complicated patterns. So in the same way, there was a big bang at the beginning of things and it spread. And you and I sitting here in this room as complicated human beings are way, way out on the fringe of that big bang. We are complicated, Little patterns of ink at the very end of it. Very interesting. But so we define ourselves as being only that. If you think that you are only inside your skin, you define yourself as one very complicated little curly Q way out on the edge of that explosion. Way out in space and way out in time. Billions of years ago, you were a big bang. But now you're a complicated human being and then we cut ourselves off. We don't feel that we're still the Big Bang, but you are. It all depends on how you define yourself. You are actually, if this is the way things started, if there was a Big Bang in the beginning, you're not something that's a result of the Big Bang. You're not something that is a sort of puppet at the end of this process. You are the process. You are the Big Bang. The original force of the universe coming on as wherever you are when i meet you i see not just what you define yourself as i see every one of you as the primordial energy of the universe with me here in a particular way and i know that i'm that same energy too but we've learned to define ourselves somehow as separate from it The last quote I have from Alan Watts is this. To have faith is to trust yourself to the water. When you swim, you don't just grab hold of the water, because if you do, you'll sink and drown. Instead, you relax and you float. I wanted to finish with these quotes because... It's spiritual teachers like Eckhart Tolle, Thich Nhat Hanh, and Alan Watts amongst many of them that have helped me understand that my big existential feelings, my moments of dissociation are a part of being human and that the best antidote to all of these scary feelings is to eliminate the shame by understanding that You're a human being having a human experience, but you're also so much more than that. You are a part of something so much greater. And that all we really have is this present moment. And if you work hard to ground yourself in the present moment, feelings of dissociation will make you spin out less and less. And... I encourage you to seek out a spiritual teacher like this that resonates for you. There are thousands of them out there in the world, and I believe that when you go searching, that you'll find the ones that are right for you. You don't have to pick any kind of specific religion. Find what works for you. Take what resonates and leave the rest. As they say, one of my favorite quotes of all time. And another one of my favorite quotes of all time. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. So I hope if you've taken anything from our time together today, it's that nothing is wrong with you for having these feelings. It's completely normal. And if you are getting caught outside of your body... Or thinking about the past or the future, and it's becoming this neurotic obsession that's really causing you a lot of psychological suffering. Lots of people experience this, and the most spiritually evolved among us, the most emotionally regulated people, it's taken them many, many years of working, of grounding in the present moment, and developing the skills to self soothe and bring themselves. Back into the here and now because that's all you really have. And this quote from Alan Watts that I left you on is to float. Float in the present moment. Allow yourself to sink into the present moment and ask yourself Am I struggling? Am I being a drowning person right now with my energy? How can you just accept? accept and then act. So with that, I'll leave you for today's episode. Over on the premium version of the podcast, we are making our way through the hero's journey. These hero's journey episodes are walking you through a spiritual healing and recovery process. And each episode is a guided visualization of that has provided profound amounts of growth for me and what i love about it too is that it's grounded in archetypal imagery and spirituality that isn't necessarily in one particular religion it comes from all different types of spiritual thought so if you're someone like me who was maybe experienced some religious trauma growing up and was really put off by spirituality and religion or even who is really turned off by what new age woo woo spirituality has turned into on instagram with people asking you to pay thousands of dollars for their courses and promising you this magical finish line of healing The reason why I created this Hero's Journey series is because I felt that way too, and I'm creating it so that you can potentially experience the healing that I have through this journey. So if that sounds like something you might want to check out, you can go to backfromtheborderline.com and click Unlock Premium Access, and you'll be able to listen to all of the Hero's Journey episodes so far and I'll be continuing to release more and more of these in the coming weeks, and there are also tons of other bonus episodes and premium content from the last few months that you can check out too. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope that this episode has helped you feel a little less alone, a little less crazy. There's nothing wrong with you, and I encourage you to seek out your own spiritual teachers. I'll talk to you next time.